0: Welcome to the Kajabi Edge Podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today we are joined by Lindsay Ferguson and Heather Hosh, co-founders of Planner Life Academy. How is it going today, Lindsay and Heather? Hi, we're doing well. Hello. So nice to have two on the podcast. This doesn't happen like incredibly often. We've had a few. um, But I find that these episodes are always a lot of fun. There's always a lot of information to Share. And there's always a lot of like really unique blended perspectives that come out of this at these, these episodes where we have more than one. So I'm um, excited to um, just get the ball rolling with. Uh, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but like, yeah, I usually ask for like the 15 second elevator pitch. I don't know if you both want to chime in or if one of you want to wants to take this one, but like, let's let the audience know what it is that you guys do.
1: Sure. Lindsay, you want to go? Sure. Sure. So, like Jared said, my name is Lindsay Ferguson and um, I am the co-founder of the Planner Life Academy. Our stories kind of go way back. Heather and I uh, met because we both were aspiring wedding planners. Um, I was a couple more years ahead of having my own business as a wedding planner, and Heather was just getting started and launching her own business after being in the the industry for a while. So um, fast forward to today, we um, really are just passionate about, um, as we talked about earlier, inspiring entrepreneurs to pursue their passion in the wedding industry specifically. We really do um, work a lot with other wedding planners and designers and those who are looking to, you know, take their passion to the next level, but have support and community and not do it alone like we did and sharing some of the things that we struggled with um, ourselves so that people that are wanting to do this too, don't have to go through the same things that we did.
2: Yeah. And you know, like Lindsay said, we've been doing this for a really long time. So being a wedding planner, isn't something you go to school for. It's not something that you can really learn in college. There are programs, they're pretty old school. They're not necessarily for the modern business. So a few years in, we realized there's definitely a way to do this. There's a right and a wrong. And we wish somebody had this program so that we could have learned from the start instead of learning through the ups and downs and definitely the hard way on more things than not. So once we sat down and really created a program, we realized, oh my gosh, there's so many other aspiring and novice planners that want this same thing, the needs out there. And then before we knew it, this incredible community came from this. And it's been really fun to meet planners all over the world.
0: I love it. So I guess, tell us like, let's go back in time even further. What was kind of the, the pre-wedding planning life like, or has that always been your your gig?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it definitely wasn't. I didn't know that you can make a career out of being a wedding planner, even after watching the movie, The Wedding Planner. <laughs> um, people always ask like, is that why you got into wedding planning? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always loved being a part of creating experiences for my friends, my family growing up. But I just didn't know how to put that into like a nine, you know, what I thought would have been a nine to five job. I grew up in the Midwest. You go to college, you get a degree, you get a nine to five job. No one was teaching me entrepreneurship um, and creating my own destiny. It was like, you're going to work for someone and, you know, clock in and clock out. So I, I did take that path. Um, I moved to Chicago out of college and I was working a nine to five job. I call it my khaki and polo wearing days. And I just wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. Um, And so one day I just, kind of sat down and thought about all the things that really brought me to life. And a lot of it led back to hospitality. And I ended up working part-time for a wedding planner when I was living in Chicago. And I remember after the first wedding I did, I was like, this is it. And we call it as wedding, wedding planners often. Now I know what it is, but it's like the, the wedding planning high. So you have this wedding, you work 16 hours and then you still like I remember I was young at the time. I was like, I went out to the bar afterwards. I would never do that now. Too old for that. But I was just so excited and so just like, you know, and like, it just was like, it clicked for me. So that's when I decided to start my own business. And I took a leap of faith and moved from the Midwest to California, where I knew I could do weddings all year round. And I was waiting tables and I was cleaning houses and I was starting LVL weddings and events at the time. And so, you know, it just, it's been a really awesome journey of um, kind of the ups and downs of being a small business owner, but Um, I wouldn't change
0: it. Very nice. How about you, Heather?
2: So my story is a little bit different. I've been doing weddings and been in the wedding industry for a really long time. I actually sold wedding dresses as a teenager in high school. I worked at a bridal salon. So I got the wedding bug pretty early. And then I moved to college and got a job in catering with a company that primarily did weddings. So it was maybe my first wedding that I was watching the in-house coordinator do her job. And I immediately said, I want that job, not this like Catering server job that I'm just going to drop a bunch of glassware every day. So I quickly worked towards that position and ended up doing in house coordination and event management at a catering company for about five years. And same sort of thing, like Lindsay said, like you can work 12, 14, 16 hours, your feet hurt, your back hurts. You would do anything to just lay on the floor, but there's this high and reward of, oh, this just clicks for me. I love this. I want to keep doing it over. And over again. And I was doing three to five weddings a weekend um, and still felt that way. And that was 18 years ago.
0: Wow. So you guys have been doing weddings for quite a while. Um, I have to ask now this is kind of the bonus question when we have more than one guest, but how did you two uh, intersect paths?
1: yeah, so Heather and I met through a mutual um, wedding professional. She was a photographer, and I was sharing an office space with her. And she knew Heather and was like, "You need to meet Lindsay. And I think you I think Heather, like had stopped by her office. I think that's what happened
2: right? (laughs) Yeah. I had stopped by for lunch and we were about to walk to lunch and you stopped by the next door neighbor, who I think was your client at the time to drop something off. And you said hi. And Lauren was like, Oh, you two should know each other. She's a nice planner because there are many planners, especially at the time, this was kind of in the middle of the recession. So people were feeling really guarded and a little more competitive than probably even prior to that. And that's not Lindsay's personality in the slightest. And I was just getting started out side of the catering company. And so she said, You guys should meet. She's friendly, you're friendly. You guys would totally get along. And we went to coffee. I think coffee turned into a three hour conversation. And we joke that we've been together ever since.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, this is, you know, back when I when i like rewind my life decade, little over probably two decades ago, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to small business owners, asking for their advice as I was getting mine up and running. And one of the first things that I heard across multiple business owners, they so never partner, Jared, never partner. So I'm really interested in hearing kind of your story on this partnership, how the two of you have worked together. And, uh, I guess maybe just kind of how, what you have today, because I know like you now focus on helping other people kind of make it into this industry.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's such a great question because we actually, I get that a lot when I'm coaching other wedding planners. And I think Heather and I, obviously we just, we got lucky because I think that our personalities really, um, compliment each other. Um, I'm definitely more of like the dreamer and I have these, we call them like idea grenades. i would just like, throw these grenades and Heather would catch them and be like, okay, how do we put that into process and how do we manage that and um, really put it on paper? And, but I think more, more importantly, we never got into this relationship because there was like a partnership. It it was first and foremost, Heather was working as part of my team so she wasn't coming in as a partner and she, you know, was working weddings, doing amazing and really thriving and, and really loyal. And we just kind of grew together. So I started to grow the team. I, and Heather really took sort of a leadership role in that way, really contributing to the growth of our business and sort of the direction we were going. And so I was able to sort of see how she operated as an employee, as a team member, as a wedding planner, before we went into this partnership. And then, you know, so what when she asked, you know, we had the conversation of, you know, I want to take a bigger part of this business. It was really an easy, it was an easy answer. And I think like, you know, because our relationship has evolved tremendously from then to now. We both now have our own wedding planning businesses. Um, I am actually in the process of looking to sell my business and Heather is continuing to really branch out and, and have her own brand, but we still have a ton of mutual respect and love for each other and want each other to be successful. Um, and then we still have this common thread that we really want to help future entrepreneurs and wedding planners. So I think if you have that mutual love and respect and you constantly are knowing that like sometimes when you're maybe upset with the other person, it's probably because it's probably you're upset with yourself. <laughs> you probably need to be looking. It's just like a relationship, you know? Like So I think that for me, that it, it's um, mutual love and respect and then and owning your own stuff. Yeah. I
2: would totally agree. I think, too, like Lindsay said, because I worked for her and then became, I kind of really earned my spot as a partner. I, you know, she ended up um, moving out of state at the time, which naturally allowed me to take a bigger role in the business. And so it was, it made sense for me to become a partner at that transition. And then our partnership in Planner Life Academy was really just a natural evolution from being planning, you know, partners together in the planning company. And I think for that, it's so evident that she is the dreamer. She's the risk taker. She's the one that comes up with these ideas that I would have never thought of. That's not the way my brain works. But I'm the first one to say, okay, this is how we're going to execute this. This is how we're going to do this. this. is how we stay consistent. This is... I'm more of the let's keep this running person. I'm very process driven. I'm the one that has like a million lists. And Lindsay kind of just like... <laughs> just knows it. <laughs> she's definitely even more of a people person
1: sometimes sometimes i just know it
0: (laughs) (laughs) very nice well let's let's talk more about planner life academy and kind of where that uh you know came along on your journey how you realized there was a need for it and like what actually drove you to take the leap to get this started
2: yeah i think for us we were i started working for Lindsay because i didn't want to do this on my own i didn't really want to run a business which is the joke on me now um but when we met, she was already realizing there was room for growth in a wedding planning business. There are 2 ways to scale. You either take bigger, more expensive clients or you take on more weddings. And so she was already in the more weddings mindset. She wanted to build a team. She wanted to have a team of women and support them. So I was the first one that came on and we would get internship inquiries, assistant inquiries, people getting started wanting to ask questions weekly. We we were being bombarded by emails of these planners wanting to get started and instead of turning them away we would often give them 30 minutes of our time or meet them for coffee and that quickly became unsustainable so we realized that there was a lot of room for building out a program that they could very easily access and and follow in order to get started so the infancy of our planner life academy was 10 you know new or novice planners Sitting around our coffee table for four hours on a weeknight every couple of weeks for a few months. And we used to co teach it. And then I kind of took on more of the teaching role. It's now evolved to three day workshops, more experience retreat. And then of course, our online program, which very much became relevant in 2020. So it was, it's been an evolution and it's been very easy for us to be passionate about getting that information out to new and novice planners because it seems to be that no one knows how to get started.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so easy for an experienced whatever you are, whether you're an experienced photographer, a wedding planner, hairstylist, whatever. And you see these next generation coming in to learn that business and now are competing against you at a lower price point. Maybe they don't have the skills that you do, but they're they're able to use social media and Instagram and their reels to show a client that they have experience, even though they may may not. Now, I think it's easy to be like. Talk about bad about them, get frustrated, and instead, I was like, "Why not help foster the ones that are great?" Because I guarantee you, in that pool of maybe ten, I I bet you probably have one and one or two that are going to be phenomenal. And it's better to do this together and to help support your other colleagues in your space than to be closed off. I just feel like it just doesn't serve anyone to have that negativity. And so we really just sort of shifted our mindset of having like more of a community over competition mindset of sharing the things that we know. And a lot of times people would say, why are you, why are you training your competitors? And I was like, I think that there's like the amount of weddings there are in the world. Like, I think that there's enough wedding planners to go around and the ones that are really good are going to stick around the ones that aren't are not. So, um, and we've just like, I think I've, you know, maybe, Ten weddings. I've really used some of these other planners that I've met. Um, they've come in to support us, our, our business, and we've supported their business. And it's really super rewarding.
0: I love that mindset of like, because even even I imagine wedding planning has some like location restrictions. I mean, I guess maybe if someone has an infinite budget, they'll fly you out. But for the most part, you're probably catering to a you know a certain mile radius, if you will. So um, I don't I don't know if this was relevant for you, but I always remember there's like at a certain point there's jobs that maybe you don't want to take and you know that's a good opportunity to give some of your your some of the people in your community the opportunity to step up um so i guess uh tell us a little bit more about like when you realized that this was something that you could sell like I, it started out in the living room but like how did that turn into a business of its own
1: well i do remember because we our original idea concept was called i do how to and we you know it just took so much of our time it was not scalable at all and we were kind of doing at the very beginning to almost almost like train the trainer and those who kind of were good we could hire internally and those who didn't necessarily you know fit the bill they could go figure something else out for themselves that was a better fit and I think it was I'm trying you know I think probably it was when people when I was a big fan of creative lives I think it's Creative Live. He was a photographer. I think he's been sold his business for lots of money. But they were teaching. They were basically filming live workshops, and then you could access those workshops online. It was like a photography workshop, all these different writing workshops. And I was like, I think that we could do something like that instead of you know meeting once or twice a month for four hours, and we can't scale this. That to me, I think was that Creative Live is really what sort of inspired me to kind of look a little look a little differently at our business model.
2: I could no longer sit there for 4 hours on a Wednesday night. It just wasn't sustainable in general to hire and train our own team or to really reach more people. Because again, we're being bombarded with all these emails asking, how, how are we going to help them? And we couldn't fit around that conference table. So Lindsay's always the one that's like, oh, here's this new thing. Let's go this direction. And I'm the one that's like, okay, but what? how are we going to do that? So there was a little bit, I would say, of a stutter step probably in, in shifting that 4-hour hour to the multiple day workshop. And then that evolved from one day to two days to three days, because I kept thinking there's just more to tell these people. So it took us a little bit to figure out how to move it to an in-person workshop that started at one day and then went to two days and then went to three because I just kept thinking of things that we needed to teach people. Um, And then it, it evolved into our online course once we recorded it and were able to put it out. And I think my favorite part of that is... we we were getting planners from all over the country that weren't necessarily able to come to us for those in-person workshops and able to sit now on their couch in their sweatpants and and take their business either to the next level or get it started and that part has been really cool to see the evolution.
0: I've got to ask. So for anyone who is maybe not taken this leap, not started a business at all, they're going to hear that and go, this is amazing, I want to do it. People from all over the world are going to be taking my, you know, my course for for anyone who's tried this, they're going to say, be, be asking or thinking like, how did you get those people? So I guess how did the that, that national audience find out what you were doing? Was it, did you, did you have that community already or did you build that?
1: Well, I think that there was a lack of education for wedding planners at the time. So I think one, we came in at a time where there wasn't as much competition and the competition that we did have was more antiquated. They hadn't necessarily updated their, you know, 19 19- Eighties, seventies pamphlet of how to plan a wedding and wedding planning for dummies like can only take you so far. So, so I think that was part of it. Um, and I think we really used social media. I mean, Instagram um, was really a big way for us to, and probably even like you know just internet searching for wedding planning courses. And I think the thing that we really did that was really important to us was have quality content that really you could take and p- implement into your business. When Great quality production and really like a thoughtful product because I knew that if I was going to be watching a video to learn something, I wanted it to look a certain way and have a certain aesthetic because it will keep my attention. So I think sort of a combination of both of those uh, made for us to kind of start to grow our community. Plus, you know, we also were connected to our local community through different networking groups and just, you know, being more friendly, outgoing wedding planners people knew to come to us if they had questions or we always were helpful. So I think that also was a benefit.
2: Yeah, I think we had the foundation of a reputable business in our area. We had already grown it into multiple markets. So that expanded our reach nicely. And then by the time we were educating and being really open and honest about this is a passion of ours, we want to make sure everybody has the tools that they need. And then really, I think people knew that if we were putting out a product, it was excellent because that's the type of reputation we had for planning I will say our first online course is not as good as the second one so don't worry if your first product isn't just get it out there start teaching people start connecting with people people will see how passionate you are people will see how much you care and then really listen to that feedback you know we learned that people wanted a little bit um, you know easier easier to access templates I decided to kind of rechange how the flow of the course went based on what I've learned in planning over the last couple of years. So don't be afraid to evolve and redo it and make it better. Those who have taken our first course and then our second course are just blown away at the quality and the access of the second course. And our best marketing are these graduates that are telling other planners when someone talks to them, you know, Hey, how do I get started? Hey, I want to grow my business, all these things. They, I don't think we've ever had a graduate that hasn't referred us to someone else.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That's a, such a I guess an underutilized what to get new customers is your existing customers they they are the best promoters uh, especially in the small business world um, but across the board Um, so I guess uh, uh, maybe just to give our audience a perspective of like I always like to try to kind of figure out the timeline how long did this take was this a you know a five-year process how long did it take to kind of get this up and running and to the point to where you maybe saw some signs of success so
1: I you know, we started our first workshop, an um, in-person workshop that we filmed was in 2016. And our best workshop that we filmed and produced, which is our new signature course, we filmed in 2020. So if that kind of gives you some idea of, you know, it took four years to really sort of refine and really figure out who we were and what our message was and what we wanted our final product to look like. And we could, you know, I know that if we did, Another one probably next year, it will be even better. You know, we'll continue to evolve and grow. And we also really bootstrapped the financial side of this. So, and we are also really lucky because being in the wedding industry, we have really great connections with videographers and production and photographers and hair and makeup and decor, you know. So we also kind of have that um, to our advantage. But um, a lot of our vendor partners were super gracious and, you know, have always just been super generous. So, you know, that's, I think, four years is what it kind of took us to really hit our stride um, and really be proud of the product. I'm still proud of, like, the 2016 one, like Heather was saying, because you have to start somewhere. And if you are, like, frozen by fear, you're just never going to put it out there. And so I think just kind of take it slow and, you know, if you're self-funding it. Um, I can't remember the book I read, but it's basically... Um, Oh man, it's like something miracles. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about when you're doing something like this, don't put all your eggs in one basket, you know, because. I think this is a creative, there's a creative arm to what you're doing. You're creating content, you're creating something that is in your head and you're trying to put it on this video or, on, you know, some sort of, in some sort of product. And if you get burnt out by that, you're going to lose that because you're so focused on the profit side, you can kind of get stuck in the weeds there and then lose the creative edge. So i say like, take it slowly, don't put all your eggs in the basket and, you know, take it step by step. I also think
2: that when we got started, I hate to admit it, but we weren't focused on the profit at all. We were focused on getting the information out to the need that we saw in the industry. We felt like there were all these incoming planners. And if we didn't get them the tools that they needed, they would give planners a bad name. And while we didn't want to compete with them, we did want to make sure they were equipped if we were going to. So I think that it's interesting. Our passion was was the community first, and I think that was really successful. I think that allowed people to take a chance on us in a way that they maybe wouldn't have if they were just kind of handed a course in a typical mark- marketed setting. And then I think because we put effort both in our community, in online, and started a podcast, we had a few different avenues to really try to continue our reach. We saw success on the online um, pretty quickly, especially by that second round the reputation had been built we had a, a few different arms making sure people could find us and i but i do think that the driving force still and probably always will be the community and the outreach over the profit and i think you obviously need to be smart about your business and make sure that you are turning a profit but it because it's fueled by the passion of it i think that's what's led to the success
0: i love the theme of starting with your community focusing on you know we think about this at Kajabi is like focusing on our customers obsessed over our customers and starting with their specific needs and challenges and working towards solving those problems and that sounds exactly like what you you essentially did when building this yeah um well i guess uh, we we haven't touched on this uh, i'm interested uh we, we usually go over this a little bit earlier but it's never too late uh this isn't easy um can you take us through any of the challenges associated with getting this set up as well as just any learnings
2: sure I think the hardest part for us has always been Maybe it's because we are passion first and profit second. The marketing, consistent marketing of this course, of the outreach, of all of these things that we've... We're pretty good at creating the content. I don't think that's ever really the issue. It's the consistency in a marketing plan to get people to the products we're creating. That has always been a struggle.
1: And I would say another struggle has been sort of the... I think that's like goes hand in hand with what you're saying Heather is like the technical things that you need to do while Kajabi is very easy to use and input and upload the strategy behind all of the marketing campaigns for someone like Heather and I who that's not our background has always been something when you're like you have 5 luxury wedding planning clients and you're doing this online course and you have to learn how to basically be a marketing guru has always sort of and we've Never quite. Um, I think we still continue to like want to find the right partner for that, like someone that's on our team that's actually just focused on that, and I think it would be it would really serve us well.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about your your journey to Kajabi, um, how you ended up here, what was kind of the I guess the moment that led you to start seeking out a solution, and how did you end up here?
1: Um, you know, I believe you know I was doing my homework on online mark you know online platforms for something. Like a training platform, and I had used one other that was good for the very beginning of our business, but I really needed something that was going to take us to the next level that offered the power of like the marketing engine and you know just being able to create something that looked really beautiful. And that's when I came across Kajabi, and I I think you know I don't I don't really remember who it was, but it was it was it was likely like a Jenna Kutcher. Wasn't it my past client? I think it was
2: my past client who's a digital teacher and marketer yes. who said, Hey, you guys should check this out.
1: Yes. yes, I think you're right. And so, so we did. And I mean, initially it felt like a pretty big um, upfront cost, but I think that it's like not even a question, you know, that you have to make some risks and put some investment into your business in order to make money, um, in order to grow your bottom line and in order to grow your audience. So yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's definitely been a game changer for us.
2: Yeah. And I think what's so powerful is how seamless it is to kind of run on its own when you do go through transitions or life where you're not putting as much energy and effort into it. Redid the course in 2020. And we have since like many people had lots of transitions in life and in business. And we are still fortunate to be able to be selling the course and reaching new people and having that kind of ball rolling a little bit on its
0: own? Yeah. So, you know, this is uh, just kind of jumping into the the listener's imagination a little bit. It, 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 you you buy the tool, you put the course on it, and the people show up. But I imagine that's probably not the reality. Can you like just zone in a little bit on like, you know, once it's there, once you've done like the seemingly hard work, like just the journey from, you know, I have a product, sellable product to actually I'm selling my product to my audience.
1: I think the main the like the first step is really figuring out what your audience main pain point is and then creating a message around that and a campaign around that to get their attention to say like we we have something that can solve your problem. We have something and actually offering hard solutions. Like these are the things that if you buy this course, these are the things that you'll walk away with. These are the tangible things because everyone can start an online course really. And sometimes you wonder, is it smoke and mirrors? So I think is the more authentic and the more transparent, the more factual, like these are the things, these are like the things that you will get. I think that that was something that I wasn't necessarily thinking through at the very beginning. And then once we started to like really get in there to sell the course and really show what it offers, then those those elements really came became really imperative to understand.
2: Absolutely. And I think to Lindsay's point, we have a very niche market. We're going after wedding planners, <laughs> but we actually have three different types of wedding planners that we've been able to identify. Those that are brand new, have never done weddings, want to get started really more aspiring. The planner that's been doing this maybe 1 to 3 years, but never had anyone show them how to do it. Or someone that's been in the industry, whether that was corporate planning or at a catering company, and they're wanting to switch and open their own company uh, and wedding And so by identifying those 3 types of clients, we were able to really start to create marketing funnels for them specifically and creating free content to get them in and and really get them to trust us and believe that we know what we're talking about. We're going to give them great tools and resources, and to really bring them into the community. I think the community aspect can't be undervalued, especially in a small business where you feel like
0: you are alone. How much uh, did that community continue to play a part, like throughout as you as you kind of established yourselves as the experts in this industry? Did you find that like that was still kind of a foundational element of how you continued to grow the business, or did you kind of become the guru at that point?
2: I Think our community aspect is the biggest piece of this company. I think that it is probably the part we undervalued at the very beginning. And now it's the piece that we value the most. We really have these amazing connections with these planners all over the world that call us when they have problems. I had a planner text me yesterday and say she had an incident this weekend. She wanted to get my advice on, you know, Lindsay and I do a one-on-one coaching after people take the course, if they want more in-depth help. We have a Facebook group that they they move to once they've graduated and they help and support each other through questions and resources and assisting. And we get photos all the the time of them, selfies at weddings where they're helping each other. And I think that if you really build a community where you can facilitate them helping each other, that will always serve your business.
0: Well, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what changed for you as a result of taking this leap, moving, not really even moving your business online, but almost like starting a new business online. What changed for you in your life?
2: I think that I was absolutely heartbroken when the pandemic hit that we wouldn't be able to see and have 30 to 40 people in one room together for 3 days. That had been something we had been building. We had been doing successfully something that really are... They're our favorite 3 days of the year. Year. And so when that happened and we couldn't do that in person, it was so important to us that we got our business online to reach the people because it was never again, it was always about the community and getting the information out there and connecting. And wedding planners had a really big shift that year. And, you know, when the pandemic hit, we lost not only our wedding business, but our education side in terms of meeting together. So putting it online allowed us to continue moving moving forward in a way that felt very hopeful and is a way that now we can't imagine living without. We have yet to go back in person and not because we don't want to, but because this online format has been serving us so well.
0: Tell us like I guess like what's next on the horizon for you. You've obviously made you've already transitioned from, you know, wedding planners to taking your business online. Anything new and upcoming down the road that our listeners should be aware of?
1: So, I think for me, um, I think is a little bit unknown in terms of like, I've been a wedding planner and entrepreneur since 2007 and I'm ready for my next chapter. But I think the thing that I know that is so true is that I just, I'm extremely passionate about helping other entrepreneurs really take their business to the next level and show them their worth. Um, and if anything like planner life Academy has really shown and given me the experience to know that this is like what I really am driving towards in the future and continuing to, you know, be involved in the wedding industry in some way to stay relevant and so that I can contribute. But I think that the part of me that's really passionate is like the business side, the leadership side. And for me,
2: I have recently last year started my own wedding planning company and focusing on a select few clients each year and continuing to coach and educate and... And make sure that we are always refining the processes and tools and resources that we're teaching. But yeah, for me, it's it's still pretty wedding heavy.
0: I like it. Well, for anyone, I mean, and I imagine this applies to anyone out there who may be considering uh, getting married, or maybe anyone who's thinking about taking that you know wedding planning career path. What's the best way for them to find you and learn more about what you have to offer?
1: So the best way to find us and all that we're doing is generally we're the most active on Instagram. So. Um, it's the Planner Life Academy on Instagram and then our website is plannerlifeacademy.com and then we also have a podcast and hopefully soon we'll be launching our next season which is the Planner Life Podcast and that's on Spotify or wherever you listen to your you know your pods.
0: I love it. Well we'll of course have that in the show notes. I always love to do this instead of asking our listeners to leave the Kajabi Edge podcast review. I get to take this opportunity to ask them to leave you a review so check out the Planner Life podcast is that what it was Yep. yep. check out the planner life podcast leave them a review uh podcast hosts absolutely love them um i read every one of them um and check it out so with that being said i think that's all we have for you this week we will look forward to seeing you next week on the kajabi edge podcast